The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. We're coming to you on Voice America Business Channel. And we're broadcasting across the world this week from Pattaya in Thailand. I'm at the uh, fabulous offices of a client of mine, Emerging Trends Advisors. And uh, it's a beautiful part of the world. So if you haven't, haven't got um, Thailand on your bucket list, you should do that. I came here, first of all, about 25 years ago with a show called Satellite Cowboys and uh, – it was a combination rodeo and rock and roll show, which was really interesting, and uh, spent several months here, and so I always enjoy coming back. Now, Girls Who Code report that by 2020, there will be 1.4 million jobs available in computing-related fields, but women are on track to fill only about 3% of those, which is a paltry 45,000 tech jobs out of 1.4 million that will go to women. Now, that's really bloody pathetic. Technical aptitude will be increasingly critical. doesn't matter what you do, whether you're a set designer or a clothes designer, a journalist, a farmer, or digital skills are going to dictate your future. And yet, women aren't being fully involved um, and Mainly it's because of gender bias. You know, the, the fact is that gender stereotypes around STEM fields persist from grade school all the way up through our adult careers. A survey commissioned by Microsoft across 10 countries in Europe found that young girls start to lose interest in te- STEM topics by the, time, by the time they're 15. Girls are falling out of the sciences because STEM classes, they're just not cool in their school's ecosystem for girls. The um, institutions don't sufficiently intervene to change girls' perception of this. Classes are overwhelmingly male and their peers look down on women who are seen to be nerdy. And uh, this is a trend that hasn't changed in generations. So when it's time to choose a major career in college, few women are encouraged to pursue STEM courses. We desperately need female role models in each of these areas to encourage and inspire young women to understand that it's really cool to be in tech and it's a natural decision for women to undertake STEM courses. You know, there's, there's often, because there's such a limited number of women going through STEM courses, it makes it really uncomfortable for a lot of women. And this situation needs to be addressed, and it's not only women um, that need to look at this. Men do too. Men need to encourage their female peers to go into STEM courses. Often, many of the women that do go into STEM courses have got a father or a brother who've pursued that path, and this just further underscores the need to have role models. Just imagine how many young girls with the interest and aptitude to be in STEM fields never get there because they don't have adequate role models and they don't have adequate backing either from their family or from the faculties. So we should all be fierce advocates for women and technology much more broadly and help shatter gender barriers in our institutions so women and girls can freely explore 
the endless possibilities of STEM. You know, women need to be encouraged to undertake the exciting and wild journey. I mean, it's a very cool thing to do. A STEM career can be, it can also be lucrative as STEM professionals earn, on average, much higher wages than other professions. For girls to be competitive in the technical, logical, <laughs> technical laden workforce of the future, they need to have role models and they need encouragement and they need it now. The future engineer, computer scientist or inventor is somewhere in school today wondering if she has what it takes, maybe without a role model and a support system. It's, it's up to all of us that are in technology, that are entrepreneurs, to encourage women to join our ranks. You know, 45,000 out of 1.4 million is pretty pathetic. So what are you going to do to help inspire the future of women that you know that are going to college? I hope that you'll get off your butt and help us to do something. Hey, stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing right now and listen up. This is a really important message for all businesses. You don't get to be successful by leaving money on the table. So you've got to set your prices right. And, you know, a small increase in price that doesn't lose you any customers can make a huge difference to your bottom line. So you go to Atenga, A-T-E-N-G-A dot com, and download a free ebook called Seven Easy Steps to Successfully Increasing Prices. It's a very quick read and may well be the most profitable thing you've done all day. My friend Per Sofas owns the company Atenga, and the investments that you make in Intenga, which will change your profitability dramatically, you can get back that investment in just four weeks. So four weeks of the money that you would have made to Atenga and you've got 48 weeks of clear increased profit after that. So go to Atenga.com and uh, go now, enrol for, the, enrol for their free booklet. Do you get my 30-second read newsletter? Every day I put out a newsletter you can read it, well, you probably can't read it in 30 seconds, but you can read it in a minute or maybe two minutes. Every day it's about a different business topic and uh, over a million people read it every day and that's a hell of a lot. And people are con constantly subscribing, very few people unsubscribe. So I'm, if you want to be successful, you need to keep up with everything that's happening and everything that's new. So I invite you to go to my website, bobpritchard.com, and enrol for the newsletter. It takes just 30 seconds to read and it will keep you up to date with all the business news that's important. In the last two decades, voice recognition technology has evolved a great deal. Today, all the major technology companies, from Apple to Google, they're all combining voice recognition with artificial intelligence software to create new platforms and interfaces such as, you know, we're used to Siri and Alexa and Cortana. And while these voice-activated innovations are important, augmented reality will be even more significant. AR technology integrates virtual messages and images and information with a user's real-world surroundings. Now, many people got their first taste of modern AR with Pokemon Go, which was really cool. And um, it made it seem like digital creatures had actually infiltrated our planet. But AR's potential utility goes far more beyond that because that was pretty trivial, really. But there's huge applications in the professional medical and accessibility spaces. Now, for AR to become truly useful, someone will have to create a platform that could host a variety of apps and services. Now, it's likely first going to happen on smartphones, then it'll extend to some type of glasses or goggles, a bit like a fully realised Google Glass. 
Who's going to be the first to create an AR platform with mass appeal? Well, you'd have to say that Apple is great at attacking new markets with new software platforms, and then it uses those platforms to sell hardware. But Apple's very rarely first to market with emerging technology. So rivals like Google, Microsoft, and Facebook and Amazon, they won't be far behind if they're not in front. Apple might introduce a new generation iPhone with AR-specific features like a 360-degree camera, new sensors and improved touchscreen, and they could do that as early as maybe early, early next year, maybe even late this year. And this will be followed up dedicated AR software layer that sits on top of the iPhone's existing operating system that's tied to this new hardware. So they, of course, follow that like they usually do with a software development kit for programmers to create new iPhone apps to take advantage of all this new AR horsepower. Now, if Apple adds AR to the iPhones expected to release later this year, it would likely grant five or six outside companies the power to create AR steps ahead of the launch. And, of course, there's another household name that could bring AR to the masses, Facebook. At its recent F8 developers conference, it showed off a new camera that could add virtual objects to its app. Google, meanwhile, has got an AR platform called Tango and Microsoft has Halo Lens. So AR platforms in their own right are going to be big. Snapchat's lenses also is another form of AR. Now, when um, I've got some good news. I can't function without my coffee. When I wake up in the morning, I have got to have a coffee. And so it's great relief to find that new studies show that people who drink coffee regularly may have an 11% lower risk of developing type 2 diabetes. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, the bad news is I'm already a type 2 diabetic, so I obviously haven't drunk enough coffee. But... Um, it's still good news. In a large study involving tens of thousands of people, researchers found that people who drank several cups of coffee a day actually had a lower risk of a, of a stroke by keeping blood vessels flexible and healthy and reducing the risk of heart attacks. So, folks, a recent study involving more than 208,000 men and women found that people who drank coffee regularly were also less likely to die prematurely than those who didn't drink coffee. All good news. Today's guest straight after the break is Sam Morris. He's the founder of Zen Warrior Training. In 1999, Sam was in a car accident caused by a drunk driver, left him paralysed from the waist down. But rather than become a victim of his circumstances, Sam learnt and created a system of mental and physical training that brought him more vitality and clarity than he had before his injuries. I know this guy really well. He's a metal member and I see him every Saturday and he is got more energy than most of us put together. And I'll speak with Sam after this short break on the Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Radio Show. Now, this is the segment of the show where we give you an insight into the lives of some of the world's most interesting people. And we talk about the services they provide. And we try to work out what it is that makes them tick. You know, we all face adversity in our quest to build a business, usually as a result of our own actions or inactions. And often entrepreneurs become disillusioned or depressed when faced with these usually self-controllable obstacles. Imagine, if you would, a devastating obstacle that befalls you that was of absolutely none of your own doing. My guest today is an extraordinary entrepreneur who I've got to know and uh, respect enormously. A warmer, more friendly and more inspirational guy you'd never meet. And he's always there to help people. Sam Morris is the founder of Zen Warrior Training. Now in 1999, just after leading a bicycle trip for nine teenagers across the United States, Sam was in a car accident caused by a drunk driver which left him paralysed from the waist down. Now rather than becoming the victim of these circumstances, Sam learned and created a system of mental and physical training that has brought him more vitality and clarity than he had before his injury. Now just imagine that, going from being very active and fit and and um, being able to do whatever you want to being paralyzed from the waist down. So in addition to coaching private clinics, clients and uh, businesses in Zen Warrior Training, Sam teaches classes in Santa Monica, California. He does executive keynote presentations. He does Zen Warrior Training youth programs and workshops right throughout the country. He resides in Los Angeles with his wife, Megan, founder of Amber Yoga. He's committed to serving humanity through helping individuals strengthen their awareness of their personal power. And he certainly exhibits that every time I see him. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Good morning, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Can you tell us a bit about why you were on a bicycle trip with nine teenagers and, and what happened? Yeah, well, uh, like you were saying, in the summer of 1999, I was uh, working for a summer camp that uh, they specifically led groups of kids on long bicycling journeys, and the longest of which was their uh, transcontinental trip from Seattle to New Jersey. And uh, I initially didn't know that I was going to be on that trip until about two weeks before it began. And the director of the camp said, uh, said, hey, Sam, I only have one leader for the transcontinental trip and I need two. He said, I don't suppose you'd be willing to do this, would you? <laughs> uh, okay. I, I, was, I was not one of those guys who was out to prove himself. I, I never had that in me. But, yeah. uh, but I was one of those types of people to take up a challenge uh, without even hesitating. And uh, so I went ahead and took the challenge. And, um, yeah, we spent about 56 days on the road. Uh, we biked about a little under 4,000 miles. Wow. Uh, we camped every night. We cooked all our own food. And uh, it was extraordinary. And at the end of that summer, um, I thought, boy, I can't imagine anything more challenging than what I've just been through. Yeah. And then, and then ironically, it was only two and a half months after finishing the journey that uh, I was in the car accident, which left me paraplegic. Wow. That's, um, so what was your, when you first sort of realized, you're in a hospital and you realized what had happened to you, what, what were the first things that went through your mind? Was it despair or was it? Yeah, it was really devastating. It was, um, it, it could only be described as complete shock. Um, sure. I, I went from being a very, uh, vital um, 
very empowered individual, very happy. I mean, I was creating my happiness in every moment, and I knew that that was the only way to be happy was to create my own happiness. And as a result of that, I I was, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, kind of a life of the party. I, I had a, a lot of friends and and great connections with people because I, I brought my weather with me yeah. uh, wherever I went. And, and when that happened, it was so devastating because my legs were my life. I mean, I not only was a, a cyclist, but I was also uh, an avid uh, skier and an avid snowboarder. And I used to hike just about every day of my life. And these types of things were just a natural part of my life that I did all the time. Yeah. And so uh, when I lost my, lost my uh, ability to walk and all of my sensation and function from my waist down, I was just devastated. It was, I, remember the, um, I remember the first several days, of, especially after the injury happened, of just being in complete shock, just thinking, oh, my God, how, how am I going to go on like this? Not even sure. knowing if I could go on like that. Yeah. So you had a lengthy recuperation, obviously, and that, that period was obviously seriously tough. So as, as you progressed, you, instead of becoming more and more depressed and feel sorry for yourself, which I guess would be the normal reaction, at some point, you determined that this injury wasn't going to stop you and you determined that Zen Warrior was your way forward. Right. How did that all come about? You're well, still in, still in the was, hospital at this time? Or? It was a gradual transition. It was a very gradual transition. And um, like all things, you know, it organically grew out of a number of years, actually. And uh, for a long time, I had no idea that I was going to be doing this type of work. Um, this is only years after my injury happened that I developed Zen warrior training, but I did right away. I took the attitude of, okay, you know, this is, it's heavy. And once the, once the shock was over, I thought, okay, I'm going to take this on and I'm not going to let this get me down and I'm going to move through this. I'm going to build my life. I'm going to put my life back together. Now, that being said, I got derailed a number of times over the following years because as a result of uh, paraplegia, sometimes people have um, what, are, what are very similar to bed sores, uh, pressure yeah. sores um, from sitting in a wheelchair. Sure. That happened to me a number of times. And over the course of several years, I ended up spending over two years total lying flat on my back in hospitals and not able to even sit up to eat. And so that was, that was by far the most challenging part of uh, the injury for me, it was not the injury itself, but the hospitalizations from pressure sores, by far the most challenging part of the injury. And so, but despite that, I, I used those experiences to cultivate an awareness of myself in the present moment. And, and in, the, in the midst of those challenges, the silver lining was that I was developing this sort of resilient mindset that was, would have been really hard to, to cultivate otherwise. And so um, while it wasn't easy... I was getting training in what would what would become uh, a big part of Zen warrior training down the road, right? Uh, in terms of just learning how to witness my experience, but not fall into a state of victimhood while going through these intense feelings and intense thoughts about hopelessness and everything else. It takes a very unique individual, I reckon, to be able to do that, and you must be one in one in tens of thousands um, of paraplegic probably who are able to do that. I, a good friend of mine is um, a fellow named W. Mitchell mm -hmm. who um, went through, he, he was a, a big mayor in Colorado and he went through a horrendous um, accident on his bike and uh, his attitude is that, you know, I used to be able to do 10,000 things now I can only do 9,999 mm -hmm. and I've managed to find a whole bunch of things that I didn't know I could do be 
mm. <laughs> before. So That's actually, great. you know, I can do more. And it, I think That's that great. takes a very unique individual of which you are one. I'm, I'm, every time I see you, I'm just so impressed with how enthusiastic and happy. I've, I've never seen you looking even the slightest bit down. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And I can I, do I, that yeah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, when I compare my present circumstances to some of the things that I've been through in the past, I am just, it's like heaven on earth, just being able to have a normal, you know, what people might consider a normal mundane day for me is an extraordinary day. That's uh, fantastic. And, yeah. And, and I just have learned to really live from my vitality uh that's and cultivate that vitality uh so that i so that i that's how i move through my day yeah so what point after 1999 how long how long after that did you determine that zen warrior was your way forward what happens you wake up at two o'clock in the morning one morning and think aha zen warrior (laughs) that's me that's what i'm gonna do i'm on my way it actually came about in uh, 2013. Um, okay. I had been going through years of um, psychosomatic training. So what I mean by that is um, meditation combined with movement training and awareness training. That uh, was. I started this process um, back in 2000 as a way of um, trying to heal my body. And heal my, also not only heal my body, but heal my own mental relationship with my body and my emotional relationship with my body as well. And over the course of years of basically studying myself from within, studying my whole inner experience psychologically and physically and so forth, I developed this um, ability to be able to really read into people and read into their their psychosomatic nature, essentially, and really be able to 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 sense what it is about them that is creating movement in their lives, and what it is about them that is creating paralysis in their lives, and how they are relating to themselves in the present moment, or how they are taking themselves out of the present moment. And uh, and so in 2013, I realized that I that this was my calling, that right. this was actually my gift, um, and uh, and so I I had to find a name for it, and so I realized that Zen Warrior Training was the best label that I could possibly give it because it's about the Zen is about being awake to the present moment without judgment. Right. So not getting caught in some sort of idea about who you are or what, why you are the way you are based on your past circumstances and not also not getting too distracted by the future and thinking of yourself purely in projections about yourself in the future and who you wish to be, but instead being totally awake to the present moment. And then the warrior part of that is doing that with discipline and tenacity and courage and conviction and knowing that by being present in each moment, you're cultivating abilities to be able to, be, to live with more vitality and strength and presence um, than you would ever be able to otherwise. Well, next time I speak to you, I'm going to have to be careful <laughs> what I say in my attitude. I don't want you reading too much into me. You, you might find a whole bunch of things that I I, I try to hide. Well, I, I you know I I am I I, I, I I know you're just trying to be funny, but but I really I'm not. I, when, 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 I, I'm really you know when I look into people, I'm always looking at potential, and I'm looking at really that that part of them that has just extraordinary inner strength. And that's what I identify in people. And so I'm not looking at things in terms of uh, looking at the baggage, really. I don't actually see the baggage. I only see the potential, really. Okay. Um, (laughs) Do you you find um, that entrepreneurs, uh, people who, you know, have the... um, 
the the guts and the drive to to go out and and do things that others won't do. Do do you find that they're more likely to be Zen warrior types than the average person out there? I know I'm not putting that very well, probably, but do you no, know what I, I mean? Yeah, no, I I think so. I definitely think so. Um, in order to be an effective entrepreneur, you have to be able to be present yep. to to a degree. You have to be able to uh, assess your circumstances and assess your the world that you're living in and the business world that you're living in and really be able to uh, make very conscious choices from moment to moment. So it really requires that type of presence. Now, where entrepreneurs sometimes get, I think, a little bit hung up is uh, projecting about the future, uh, having, having the mindset be wrapped up in concerns about the future that then can sometimes create a certain amount of anxiety uh, sure. that pre- prevents them from being able to fully embrace the present moment. It's very different when you're under that much pressure and you're working your heart out and you firmly believe in something and you know every second word you hear is no, um, whether you're going for money or no matter what, you, what you're doing. It, it's very easy to sort of lose confidence in the future. Um, yeah. So, so how, yeah. Does, yeah. how does – we'll get into Zen Warrior in a minute, but um, – uh, your your wife Megan, say, um, um, founder of Amber Yoga. How does that help you? Is that a a big big help to you? It's it's wonderful. I mean, uh, apart from apart from the natural support that you get um, from having a spouse that you know believes in you. Apart from that, um, how how does it help you? You know, Megan and I share so much in terms of. Uh, the embodied practice. Um, so much of Zen warrior training is about learning how to feel more embodied in yourself, uh, in the moment. So, so coming from a perspective, not just of your thoughts, but really being able to embody your entire experience. And with Megan and Amba Yoga, she's teaching people how to do that same type of thing all the time in her own way. Yeah. And so it's, there's a lot of crossover uh, between what we are doing. And, and we are always learning from each other. Uh, we're always really advocating for each other's lives. Uh, and so it's, it's a really, it's a great partnership. And we have very different skill sets, which complement each other yeah. and so we're constantly learning from each other in that regard as well that's wonderful okay let's get to the nitty-gritty what is zen warrior training and how does it help people well like i come, a, I come along to you that what happens to me well like, like i said it's it's really about learning how to fully embrace the present moment exactly as it is and what i mean by that is being able to Come, come from a, an, an angle and perspective where I'm not trying to push away anything. I'm fully embracing the challenge just as much as I am the movement in the moment. So what happens with most people is a challenging situation comes in and it's going to ruin their day. It's going to t- completely derail them. Right. Uh, because what's going to happen is they're going to get caught up at the uh, ex- experiencing the feeling of I don't want to be experiencing this right now. This is messing with my day. This is messing with my life. And it's going to create a sense of worry and a sense of pressure. And basically, people are, are, are people tend to do one of two things, fight or flight. They'll yep. go into reaction to what's happening to them in the moment. Well, with Zen warrior training, part of what I teach is how to actually not go into reaction, but to go into response. And what that involves is learning how to sense the feeling that you dislike right. and not react to it and stay fully present and notice that that feeling is occurring and notice the associated thoughts that come along with that feeling but rather than react to it, actually use that as an experience to, to actually learn how to digest that feeling, digest those thoughts, and then respond 
in a really conscious manner that creates movement and momentum in your life, in your business, in whatever circumstances you're experiencing, rather than paralyzing the person and holding them back. And so essentially, it's, it's, it's a, a training to put you in more of a flow state where you are constantly responding to what is present without judgment, rather than uh, experiencing ups, downs, highs, lows, reactions, that type of thing. So it's about staying, learning how to stay very steady and progressive in every aspect of life, whether that's in relationships, uh, whether that's in your work, whether that's in your own physical presence. So that's, that's how I train people. So if, I, if I'm experiencing something that upsets me, something, a hiccup in the road, um, I was just trying to think, is, is, that, is your reaction to that conscious or, or driven by your subconscious? Which is it? It is driven by the subconscious, and, uh, and what happens is these, these circumstances are as they are. We can't control the nature of reality, obviously. Things are constantly in flux. We never know quite what's going to be happening. We never know if you're going to get a flat tire on the freeway heading to work or you know, if someone is going to you know, have some kind of emotional reaction that totally throws you off and the thing that you're trying, the project that you're working on gets derailed or whatever. These things are beyond our control. And, but when these things happen to us, the tendency is to have a feeling uh, that one dislikes, that that feeling creates worry or anxiety or frustration or anger. And then the tendency is to, to then respond or react to this feeling because you're trying to basically blow off the steam about it and, yeah. and, uh, and not have to fully feel what there is to feel. But essentially, that feeling starts as just a physical feeling. It's not something, and, and when it's happening at a, at a, uh, uh, when it first happens, it's happening just, you're, you're having body sensations, essentially. You're having feelings in your body that you dislike because it feels that something is out of whack, out of harmony in your body, and you can't just simply enjoy your day and be as productive as, as you wished. Now, the unconscious behavior is to react to that feeling and then uh, either blame someone or get all, all out of whack <laughs> or, or whatever, whatever it is, blame the circumstances and basically to not take accountability for what has happened. Yep. And and by accountability, I don't necessarily mean responsibility, part, partly responsibility, but but more just accounting for what has occurred. So so rather than account for what has occurred, and then take a take the next logical step, the tendency is to get all thrown off. So that is an unconscious reaction. That is a that is something where we respond or we react without creating a conscious knowing of what we are doing and the implications of our reaction. Yeah. Now, the alternative uh, that I work with people on, which is one of the things that I work with, there's many things that we work with with Zen Warrior Training, but the alternative is to notice that and then learn how to observe the feeling without reacting to it. Observe that and then neutralizing the feeling. Now, once the feeling is neutralized and once you observe the feeling and observe your thoughts and all of the stuff, observe the tendency to want to fight or flight, but not actually fight or flight, but just stay focused, stay present, just cool down, ground your body, ground your breath, everything else that needs to be done to be able to actually digest that feeling. Then you can take an appropriate response, which will actually build you and build the situation, build your circumstances as opposed to tear you down. Okay, so I'm, I'm sitting out there, I'm listening to this show, and I'm thinking, yeah, I, 
I could really do with some of this training because, you know, lots of things go wrong, lots of things upset me, I react in a certain way, it depresses me, then that carries on for a bit. So so I think, I'm going to try this Zen Warrior training. So I, I phone you up in Santa Monica mm-hmm. or wherever and I say, okay, I want to start. Mm-hmm. What do I do? How yeah. often do I have to go? Do I train simply with you do i need to spend hours every day training at home or how how does it how does it all come together well the 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 more the better first of all the more you can work on training your own psychology and training your own body to be able to respond rather rather than react first of all the more the better i do this for myself all the time this is how i orient towards life now that being said in order to work with me there are a few different options. There's working with me privately. Uh, there are workshops that I hold here in LA. There are, I, can, I do uh, business and executive coaching um, for those who want me to come and work with their businesses. I do uh, public speaking engagements for pe- people who are looking for a different a take, a different mindset and something to just a, a short takeaway. And I am also developing an online course study as well. Now, that is still in development, uh, but that's another option as well. So there's a number of different ways of working with me, but um, people can reach out to me through getting in touch with me over zenwarriortraining.com and, uh, and finding it, basically getting a specific program that works for them and their exact needs. Now, I've spent you know, a lot of years... Um on an emotional roller coaster that is being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, I would think that I would need, because my brain and I'm used to reacting in a certain way, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I'm one of those people who get highs and lows. I'm either on top of the world and feel like I've just had a great snort of heroin, or I feel <laughs> like I've just had 53 beers and I'm really depressed, you know. Um, so don't I need to spend um, considerable time with you? My, my wife's sitting here shaking her head saying, why the hell are you saying that? Uh, it was the only example I could think of of real highs and real lows. I you know, it. I'm one of those people that does experience real highs and real lows. So don't I need to spend um, time with you just to teach me well, how, that, how not to do that? That's the, that's the optimal. The optimal situation is I work with people privately 60 to 90 minutes per week. I give them homework assignments that help them to learn how to learn the techniques of meditation, learn the techniques of focused breathing techniques. Uh, learn basically the system in a way where you can truly embody it and on a regular basis so that you can ingrain entirely new habits. This is all about learning how to dissolve old habits completely so that you can fully be in the present. And, you know, I, in an ideal situation, I would be able to work with, you know, tons of clients on a private uh, basis now, as it stands, I'm only able to work with so many private clients sure. on a private basis, and that's why I'm working on developing the uh, the online study program. Um, but getting the training to be able to put that into use, so that you're learning how to actually just sit with yourself on a regular basis. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs are out there going, sit with myself. Hell no, I've got way, <laughs> too, way too much to do. There's no way I can just sit with myself. Yeah, but exactly. I, I have to tell you, this is, this is one of the most useful things you can possibly do for, to build your business. It is to, to actually truly take yourself out of thinking and into simply being on a regular basis puts you in a mindset that is so much healthier. This is why mindfulness is now becoming such a big thing in the corporate world because of this exact thing. People are realizing I can't go on stressing myself out and I can't go on stressing out my employees. I, we have to learn something new because this old paradigm is no longer functional. And I know that people can be far more creative and far more vital if they learn how to turn off their thinking minds 
and then use their thoughts to be able to back up their vitality and back up their direction rather than get in their own way. We are running really short of time, but what are the most important principles that you've learned to live by? Well, first of all, like we've been saying, being in the now moment is one of the most important principles that I live by. I am constantly training my mind to further degrees of presence. So being present is one thing, but I know that the day I die, I'll still be training in this. This is training to be more and more and more present on a regular moment-by-moment basis so that I can fully embody myself and not get caught up in anything that gets in my way. So that's, that's one of the primary principles. Now, I, would, I have a number of other principles that are sort of subcategories to presence as well. Um, being fully accountable for your experience. Right. Perseverance. Yep. Treating life as an adventure. True. That is really key. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So what tends to happen when we go into reaction is suddenly life becomes an ordeal. And it's no, no longer just this situation that we're experiencing. Our minds, because they're not able to filter out our experience of one thing from the rest of our lives, the tendency is to go, oh, everything's an ordeal. My whole life is an ordeal. Well, that's a really negative way of experiencing yourself that will just lead to a a drain of vitality and a lack of presence. Sam, Uh, you are really an extraordinary human being. I really admire your tenacity. Thank you. What I I like about you, you're the happiest little character I've ever met in my life. You've got got this bouncy, bubbly, happy, um, very positive and quite forceful presence about you, and uh, I really admire that. So Thanks, thank Bob. You, thank thank you. you very much for speaking with me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, if you'd like to know more about Sam Morris, simply Google Zen Warrior Training. That's Z-E-N Warrior, W-A-R-R-I-O-R, training.com, and uh, it would be well worth your while. I, I believe it'd be a great experience. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business after this short break. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Absolutely No Bullshit Business Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel. And we're the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs. This week, broadcasting from Pattaya, which is a crescent-shaped beach resort about 60 miles from Bangkok in Thailand, and uh, broadcasting from the office of a client. And... uh, the Clients Emerging Trends Advisors, and watch out for them. I'll be writing about them in my, um, in my newsletter. 
Now, everybody's talking about UBL, universal UBI, universal basic income, and there are several proposed solutions to a robot-driven future. And I'll talk more about this week, but the um, the impact of automation on work is the most salient in manufacturing, but it's increasingly affecting traditional white-collar service jobs. Long-term unemployment and underemployment have been particularly acute in the wake of the Great Recession. Automation plays a role in the phenomenon because workers' skills tend to become obsolete much more quickly, making it tougher to re-enter the job market after long spells of jobliness. A number of policy solutions have um, begun to circulate, and we're going to talk about these next week, but one of them is universal basic income, and this is the idea of giving everyone a certain amount of money every month, maybe $1,000, maybe a couple of thousand dollars. The second one is negative income tax. The third is a government jobs guarantee where the um, government actually makes jobs primarily in sectors not act adequately served by the private sector and giving a broader social net. The robot tax, which was proposed by Bill Gates, is not a starter. It's useless. And uh, I think it's important to remember that robots will never be our masters, but those who own the robots will be. So I invite you to go to my news to my website, bobpritchard.com, and enrol for my daily newsletter. It takes just 30 seconds to read and it'll keep you up to date with all the news that's important. So remember, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up way too much space. It's easier and it's much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. Any bastard can do the ordinary. You want to be special. Next week, We'll be back broadcasting from Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles where technology meets entertainment and I hope you can join me again. In the meanwhile, continue to be successful because the alternative to success really sucks. This is Bob Pritchard. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.